Entrepreneur on Fire 1011. Fear is only excitement without the breath. Hey, Fire Nation, and welcome to Entrepreneur on Fire, where I chat with today's most successful entrepreneurs seven days a week. The Fire Nation newsletter is the bomb, and to get on it, all you need to do is text EO Fire to 33444. Get inside my head weekly and ignite. Save yourself time, money, and resources by meeting your clients and coworkers online with Citrix GoToMeeting. Try it free for 30 days, nothing to lose. Visit gotomeeting.com and click the Try It Free button. Boom! Shake the room, Fire Nation. Johnny Doom is here, and I am fired up to bring you our featured guest today, Gay Hendricks. Gay, are you prepared to ignite? Yes, sir. All right. Gay is a leader in the fields of relationship transformation and body-mind therapies. He earned his PhD in counseling psychology from Stanford and served as a professor of counseling psychology at the University of Colorado for 21 years. All right, Gay, take a minute, fill in some blanks from that intro and give us just a little glimpse into your personal life. Well, I grew up down in Florida and then um, got very fascinated with how human beings operate and uh, have devoted my life to understanding human beings and trying to develop different things that would uh, advance their evolution. Uh, Over the past 35 years, the great delight of my life has been to be married to Kathleen Hendricks, also known as Katie, and she and I have co-authored 10 books together, things like Conscious Loving, and we've been around the world 30 times and appeared on Oprah and done all sorts of things together. And then individually, she writes books on her own, and I write books on my own, like The Big Leap. And so we have uh, kind of two lives going here. We have the life of relationship experts, where we do a lot of uh, work with couples and relationships and organizations and that kind of thing. And then we do a lot of work with uh, individual transformation in our books that uh, have a lot of things to do with organic body wisdom, such as learning to use your breathing and your movement as ways to help channel your energy into building the kind of life you want to build. Wow. And it's raining in Ojai today. (laughs) Yes, it is. Answered (laughs) prayer up here. It's been very dry. Yeah, being from Maine, I always have to bring the weather in somehow. And man, fascinating story. Yeah, I can't wait to dive a little more deep into some of these things. And man, I would love to get Katie on Entrepreneur Fire in the future here. She sounds absolutely fascinating. Awesome stuff. So quick question. You're at a networking party. Someone walks up to you and they say, okay, what exactly do you do? How do you answer in 10 seconds? I expand in love and creativity every day as much as I can while I inspire others to expand in love and creativity themselves. Man, you just set the bar way up there. (laughs) So let's talk about your origin story. You know, I mean, you weren't always doing what you're currently doing right now. I mean, you've led quite the life. But can you kind of take us to that transition period of, of how you came to be doing what you're doing now from whatever it was you were doing first? I had a lot of medical problems in the early phase of my life. I was very obese and I was taking her and I was the only obese person in a very thin family. And so there was something obviously medically wrong. And so they kept taking me around to different medical experts and turned out there was a whole bunch of glandular things going on with me, but it took many, many years to get all of that straightened out. And by the time I, I didn't get it straightened out as a kid and uh, I was up into my twenties and I weighed 320 pounds 
And uh, compared to 180 pounds I w- weigh today, uh, which is good on my six-foot frame. Mm. And so, uh, but I, I was grossly obese, and I was smoking two or three packs of cigarettes a day and in a relationship that wasn't working, and I hated my job and didn't like my car or where I was living. And so I was, had, I was uh, missing on every cylinder, to put it in car terms, I think. And um, so... I arranged to have an accident. I slipped on the ice in New England. I was walking on this on a road in New Hampshire uh, one winter in 1969, and I slipped on the ice, and I banged the back of my head on the ice, not enough to knock me out, but just enough to kind of shake me out of myself. And I lay there on the ice for about two minutes, and suddenly it became clear that I'd been living my life completely wrong, that I wasn't listening to who I really was, and I wasn't doing what I wanted to do, and I wasn't studying the things I really wanted to study. And so um, I had this two minutes of very insightful revelation. And at the end of it, I started to kind of come out of it again. It was a cold day, and I stood up to, to walk back home. And I remember, though, making this commitment. I made a commitment to do everything I could to learn how to live in a state of consciousness where I could feel my spirit in everyday life, where I could feel the reality of love in the universe and feel the reality of creativity flowing through me. And I didn't know how to do it at the time, but I made a commitment to it. And within the next year, I'd lost more than 100 pounds and quit smoking and got out of that relationship. And it was like it I needed to put my life on course. And I now look back on that moment as very grateful to that moment of slipping and falling because it really kind of knocked me out of my old Hendrix experience and put me into the gay Hendrix experience over the last 35 years. And that led to my meeting my wife and led to developing our work. And so I I see all of the things that have gone on in my life that have been very positive, almost started in that moment of making a commitment to really find out how to live in the world as a spiritual being. Gay, I love this story. And the reason why I focus so heavily on the story aspect for Entrepreneur on Fire is because that's what we resonate with as humans. We resonate with stories. And you know, that was a very difficult time for you back in 1969. Obviously, it ended up being a great slip and fall that you had with that realization. But hopefully some listeners don't have to be walking in New Hampshire and crack their head open. They can be listening to your words, Gay, and they can say, you know what? That's right. This is my bang in the head. Gay's words are my bang in the head. It's time for me to live and express myself from a place of honesty and transparency. And I just love everything about this. And to continue the story aspect of this interview, I want to move to another story. You know, we've talked about the ups that you've had. We've talked about some struggles that you've had. But what would you say is your worst entrepreneurial moment throughout this journey that you've been on? What is the lowest of the low? Tell us that story. Okay. Well, when I was 19 years old, I decided to drop out of college and I got a job as a disc jockey and and I went back to college after a year in the evenings and got my degree in the evenings. But I was a disc jockey during the day at a station in Orlando, Florida called WLOF, Channel 95. And it was back in the 1960s in the heyday of the Beatles and the Rolling Stones. So it was a great time to be a a DJ. And, um, but um, the story happened, we got into entrepreneuring rock and roll shows. And so my buddy and I, another disc jockey, we, we put some money together and we hired in a big group and we 
put a big concert on and we made a lot of money and then we did it again and we made a lot of more money. And so we were doing bigger and bigger concerts. And then we booked the Hollies. Um, do you remember the group, the Hollies that Graham uh, Nash was in originally? Back totally. In- yeah. My yeah. mother loved that band. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but wonderful group of guys. Um, but we put on the concert and on the night of the concert, a hurricane happened. Oh, back to and so we needed 2,500 people just to break even, and we expected 5,000, so we'd make plenty of money. But instead, we got something like 280 people came out in the hurricane to attend in this gigantic auditorium that seated four or 5,000 people. And so it was like seeing your life pass before your eyes. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I can remember how it felt just standing there, you know, with nobody there and knowing that I had to, because in, in those days you had to pay 50% up front to the group and then you had to deliver the other 50% before they would go on that night. And uh, so I had to do some fancy talking because I was expecting uh, gate receipts to help me with the extra few thousand dollars I needed to pay off the holly. So I would say that was probably my absolute lowest of the low. And um, another one that I can think of, though, is there are a couple of books that I put my heart and soul into and then gone out on the road and tried to, uh, you know, do a book tour. And for one reason or the other, like one of my book tours <laughs> happened to launch during the same week as the Persian Gulf War. Oh, yeah. So, uh, you know, if in a lifetime of entrepreneuring, you're just going to have all sorts of weird ups and downs. And I think the best thing, though, is you got to kind of be an entrepreneur like that uh, Bobo the Clown doll that my daughter used to play with, <laughs> where you you punch it and it falls back and then it flips back up again, you know, because it has a solid bottom to it. You got to develop that solid bottom as an entrepreneur so you can always pop back. I mean, these are two great stories and Fire Nation, I know you're resonating with it. I know that you've taken that leap, you know, that you've put yourself out there, you've taken risk and you haven't known what the result was going to be. I mean, that's part of the life that, you know, we've decided to live and it's both exciting, scary, daunting, terrifying, but so rewarding and all of these things. And I love that example, you know, of like the bobblehead doll popping back every single time you punch it. You have to have that resilience. You have to have that perseverance through the lows, through the highs. For me, it's so obvious that you, Gay, are where you are now because of that resilience, not in spite of it. So if you could just, in one sentence, just what is that one takeaway you want to make sure that Fire Nation understands from those really low moments that you've had, what would it be? Well, one thing is to use those moments to kind of go back to zero and check out inside, first of all, am I doing my life purpose? Am I living out my life purpose right now? Because I was not, that was not my life purpose to entrepreneur rock and roll shows or to be a disc jockey. It was something along the way, but there was a moment later on when I was about 24, I think, when I had that uh, slip and fall where I really got clear on what I wanted to do. And it had to do with finding out some way of serving my own evolution, serving myself while serving humanity at the same time. I later found, um, I didn't know about Buckminster Fuller at the time, but uh, someone later told me about Buckminster Fuller having kind of a similar crisis when he was about that age, where he realized, I've got to do what I came here to do, not to do somebody else's life. And so he dedicated himself to 
coming up with interesting solutions and inventions that advantaged and served humanity. And as a result, he became prominent and wealthy himself. So I think the main thing for entrepreneurs is to make sure you're entrepreneuring the right thing in the sense of, is it something that really you deep down in your soul have benefited from and would like to bring the message of that to the world? Maybe you've invented a new type of um, chair or a new type of coat hanger or a new type of mousetrap or a new type of software. It really doesn't matter what it is as long as it's come from down in you and that intent to serve people. I think if it has that quality to it, it's bound to serve you even by, by being successful or either by teaching you something you really need to know. So, Gay, I love everything that we're sharing, and I love the story format that these things are coming out in. So let's keep that moving forward with a different story. This is an epiphany, an aha moment. And, I mean, looking at your history, you've had so many of these, and you have so many more to come. But what's one story of one light bulb that went on at some point in your journey that you really think is going to resonate with Fire Nation, our listeners here today? Take us to that moment, Gay. Tell us that story. Yes, I've been a daily meditator since 1973 when I learned how to meditate when I was a graduate student at Stanford, and it kind of saved my sanity, I think, having a little period of peace and quiet in my life every day. And so I've continued to meditate. I haven't missed a day now since 1973. So every morning, early in the morning, I meditate for a while. And on one of those mornings, about the year, I mean, 2004, I had this idea pop into my mind right after meditation. And the idea was that a business partner and I, Stephen Simon, he and I wanted to produce inspirational movies. He was the direct, I mean, he was the producer of movies like What Dreams May Come and Somewhere in Time. And he and I had formed a partnership where we wanted to produce inspirational movies. And on this particular morning after meditation, suddenly it popped into my mind, wait a minute, let's not keep trying to pitch inspirational movies to Hollywood and keep getting shot down. Let's go find people who are already making the inspirational movies and bring it to them every month on a DVD subscription. And so it was that moment that was uh, my most successful entrepreneurial enterprise was born, which is the Spiritual Cinema Circle, which still continues today, although I sold it uh, in 2008. Uh, But in the very beginning of it, I had this idea. And then I call Stephen right afterwards. And he's an early riser too. So along about 6am, I give him a call and I say, Stephen, I have this great idea. And he listens to it. And he said, yes, let's do it. (laughs) And so we built a team and we actually had our first DVD going out to customers within six months of forming the business. And we were profitable within two months of sending out our first DVDs. And it was a rocket ride where the best moment, this great little moment where we launched, and by the end of the first day, we had something like 2,400 subscribers. And so we knew we had a hit on our hands because all we needed was about 2,000 to break even. And then the next day, another 1,500 came in. And so within a few months, we had about 5,000 subscribers. So we were doing very, very well. And, and it allowed us to go out and get bigger and bigger movies to send to people. So we ended up, you know, within a few years, we were sending out big movies like The Secret and things like that. Mm. So, And um, we built it up in a few years very rapidly, I think, for a couple of reasons. First of all, 
we had our hearts in it. It was something that just we were passionate about, both Stephen and I and the team we built. The other thing was that I think it was we were always looking and asking people, what do you most want to see? What kind of movies do you most want? And we were asking them all the time to give us feedback. And so we developed this intimate relationship with the community, which ultimately became tens of thousands of people. Um, but it always had that quality of, of a personal kind of relationship to it. And I think that was one of the things that really made it a success, too. But I go back to that very first moment of having the idea kind of spring up after meditation. That was the kind of aha where I saw, oh, I'm going to do it an entirely different way. Forget about Hollywood. I'm going to do an end run around Hollywood. And that turned out to be the winning formula. Wow. I mean, there's so many things that I just resonate with so much from that story. Number one, speed of implementation, Fire Nation. Sometimes you just need to take action on something that just feels right with your intuition, with your gut. So many of us wait around. You know, we have these ideas. We, we wait around for other people to give us permission, which frankly is, is what Gay started doing when he was waiting for Hollywood to give him permission and to say yes to him. And then he said, you know what? Let's just go forward on our own. We know this is a good idea. We can make this happen. And Gay, that's my massive takeaway from your story. But again, in just one sentence, what do you really want to make sure our listeners get from that aha moment? Listen to yourself deep inside. Keep going in there and finding out what's the absolute essential thing that I need to do and how will that serve people? That's a key thing to have it come from your inner depths and always be looking for how will this serve the inner needs of other people. Yeah, I want to bring things to present times because you have a lot of things going on, a lot of really cool things. But share with Fire Nation the one thing that has you most fired up today. This is a perfect time to ask me that question because um, just to give you the background, for the last four years, I've been writing mystery novels and they are, uh, involve a Tibetan Buddhist private detective named Tenzing Norbu. And the, uh, he goes by the nickname of Ten, short for Tenzing. And all of the books have Ten in them. Like the first one is called The First Rule of Ten. The second one is called The Second Rule of Ten. They're all about his adventures. As of last week, CBS has made us an offer to what? turn the books into a television series. So we're working on that right now. As a matter of fact, our lawyer is negotiating it as we speak. And so I hope to hear today what the ultimate um, numbers are. So I'm very excited right now about translating these mystery novels into a show like CSI or Law and Order or Hawaii Five O that can really uh, take, the, the, take the messages that we're talking about out to the mainstream. Well, here's good karma flowing from Fire Nation headquarters across the Skype airwaves, Gay. Over to you, my friend. So I'm excited for a great call for you coming up later. And Fire Nation, of course, keep tuned up with what's going on with that. It's going to be a really exciting series, no doubt. And we're about to enter the lightning round. But before we do, let's take a minute to thank our sponsors. Time is one of our most valuable resources, and as entrepreneurs, you know every minute counts. Are you tired of wasting your time on the wrong things, like trying to plan and coordinate your next meeting? My recommendation is that you meet your clients and coworkers online with Citrix GoToMeeting because it's a smarter way to meet. You can connect with anyone from anywhere because GoToMeeting allows you to meet from any computer, tablet, or smartphone, no hassle necessary. Want face-to-face? They've got that too. Turn on your webcam, and with HD quality, it's like being in the same room. 
room. You can even present and share screens to get feedback in real time because with GoToMeeting, everyone sees what you're seeing so your team is on the same page. I want you to sign up for GoToMeeting today. Try it free for 30 days, nothing to lose. Visit GoToMeeting.com and click the Try It Free button. Do it now and have your first meeting up and running in minutes. That's GoToMeeting.com for your free 30-day trial. Gay, are you prepared for the lightning rounds? Yes, sir. (laughs) What was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur? I think it was trying to lead somebody else's life. Um, Looking back on where I started, I got a lot of input. Like my grandmother wanted me to be an accountant. And uh, she was always selling the virtues of being an accountant. I don't know why she fixated on that. Maybe it's because they all had jobs during the Great Depression or something. True. But uh, And my mother, she wanted me to do other things. And I, I got different pressures from other members of my family. But it wasn't really till I started kind of listening down inside for what do, what do I really want to do? What's the difference I want to make? And it turns out that it's in an area of life that is very unusual compared to where I grew up. I grew up in a family where we had orange groves and uh, my mother was a journalist and things like that. But there was no such thing as a psychologist or any kind of self-help or anything like that in that time. So I kind of had to invent something on my own. The things that have been really successful, though, have always been the ones that have kind of come out of serving some deep question that I had about life or about relationships and then finding out solutions and then sharing those solutions with other people. What's the best advice you've ever received? I got great advice from, uh, believe it or not, a poet and writer at the University of New Hampshire named John Yunt. Um, And at the time, I was doing a lot of creative writing, a lot of poetry, and I was also studying counseling. And he made the amazing suggestion that I could combine my interest in counseling with writing. And at the time, I had them split off in my head. And he said, well, why don't you turn your writing skills to writing about counseling and therapy and change? And it was like a light bulb went off in my mind. Why hadn't I thought of that before to combine these two things? And so right away, I wrote three little poems about counseling that got published in one of the main counseling journals of that time, the Journal of Counseling Psychology. And out of that, one of the professors at Stanford read some of those, and I ended up getting a a scholarship to Stanford to study for my PhD, which I would have never thought of in a million years. I lived in New Hampshire at the time, and going to Stanford on the other end of the country seemed like a ridiculous idea. So I I just want to go again with this idea of really looking always for things that spring from your own heart, because if you can learn to harness those things and put them together with what serves other people, then you have a magical combination. Mm, Love that. What's a personal habit that you believe contributes to your success? Well, meditation, I mentioned that is really important. I meditate twice a day and that's a key part of my day because it kind of brackets my day. I begin with that in the morning and then kind of finish out the day with another half hour of meditation around 5.30 or 6. And my wife and I both meditate together, so it's a time where we kind of come together uh, in our consciousness as well as sitting next to each other. And at this stage of uh, my life also, I'm very passionate about writing, creative writing, always have been. So right after I meditate, I always write for a couple of hours. And for the last few years, it's been mostly mystery novels, but my wife and I have just written a new relationship book, a sequel to our book, Conscious Loving, that will be out uh, in the fall. What's an internet resource like Evernote that you can share with our listeners? 
The first one that comes to mind is flashlight. <laughs> I probably use I probably use the flashlight because I wake up in a lot of hotel rooms and <laughs> I never know what time zone I'm on. So I use the flashlight to get around in my room. I, internet resource. I couldn't. Don't think I could do my job without Skype because I I counsel people all over the world and face to face have conversations every day with CEOs of companies in India and Sweden and Norway and. Indonesia and places like that. So I kind of uh, live a lot of my life on Skype. And so I would say, uh, if you haven't learned how to do that one, that would be a, uh, a great one to learn how to use. Now, are you an iPhone user? Uh, yes, I have an iPhone. Okay, well, here's a hack. And you might already do it because you use flashlight. But if you just turn on your phone, and then you put your finger at the bottom of your iPhone, and just scroll it up, it will pop up your settings. And bottom left, is a flashlight. So it's right there. It's the easiest access. It's not a special app or anything. It's just right there, always waiting for you. And Gay, if you could recommend just one book for our listeners amongst, you know, all the ones that you've written. I mean, we have The Big Leap, you know, all these great books. What would be a book that you would recommend not written by yourself? Not written by myself. Okay. Go read a book. Now, this is not a business book. It's a book of, it's a kind of an autobiography. But go read Meetings with Remarkable Men by G.I. Gurdjieff. It's an inspirational book about his travels across Central Asia about 100 years ago, more than 100 years ago now, around the turn of the last century, where he walked all over Central Asia and rode across Central Asia and went to Tibet and places like that at a time when those places were very difficult to get to. You had to get to many of them on foot or on a camel or something like that. And so uh, he wrote this book called Meetings with Remarkable Men. And I particularly want to commend the last chapter where he talks about his own entrepreneurial experiences in Russia and Germany and France and the United States uh, back at a time when being an entrepreneur was really, really something. Cool. And now, you know, we all know about The Big Leap. It's been actually recommended on Entrepreneur Fire many times. But what would be one of the books that you've written that's, you know, maybe kind of flown under the radar, but you think our listeners might really get a kick out of? Great question. Well, we're about to launch a new edition of the 10 Second Miracle book that I wrote about, gosh, 20 years ago now. Uh, we, we've updated it with a new video that goes along with it and that kind of thing. So the 10 Second I'd say um, 10 Second Miracle is one. Also, if you um, haven't read my book, Five Wishes, I heartily recommend that because that was one I wrote from my heart, basically, uh, about an experience I had. And it's one of the most, um, it's one of the friendliest, easiest to read books I've ever written. And I would say next to Conscious Loving, I probably get more fan mail for The Big Leap and Five Wishes than any of the other books I've written. Love it. Well, we will be linking all of these up on the show notes page, Fire Nation. That's eofire.com slash gay Hendricks. Fire Nation, I know you love audio, so I teamed up with audiobooks. And if you haven't already, you can get an amazing audiobook for free at eofirebook.com. And Gay, this next question is the last of the lightning rounds, but it's a doozy. Imagine you woke up tomorrow morning in a brand new world, identical to Earth, but you knew no one. You still have all the experience and knowledge you currently have. Your food and shelter is taken care of, but all you have is a laptop and $500. What would you do in the next seven days? I would 
get my laptop out and I would start connecting with everybody I could find who is interested in what I'm interested in. And I would start circulating um, email or whatever the form of communication is that my computer would do. I would start putting out my life purpose to people that I like to expand in love and creativity every day as I inspire others to do the same. And I would share that with people and invite people to who resonate with that to join with me. My whole business as a self-help expert started with a group of six people just gathered together in my living room. And truly, the night before Oprah, the Oprah show called us to be on her show 25 years ago now, my wife and I had just gotten through working with six couples in our living room. So we went from working with six couples in our living room to working with 10 million people on Oprah, (laughs) kind of in one giant leap. So what's important is just doing what your heart compels you to do, what you're here to do. And the more you can do that, the more I think people naturally resonate with it. So Gay, let's end this interview on fire with you sharing just one parting piece of guidance, the best way that we can connect with you, and then we'll say goodbye. Yes. Well, one piece of guidance um, is remember that fear is only excitement without the breath. So if you can remember to breathe when you get scared, you can turn that fear into excitement. And I think fear is the biggest barrier that any of us face as entrepreneurs. You can always find out more about us at www.hendricks.com, and that's spelled H-E-N-D-R-I-C-K-S.com. And so uh, there's a jumping off place to lots of our enterprises there. Awesome. And Fire Nation, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And you have been hanging out with Gay and John today. So keep up the heat and head over to eofire.com. Just type Gay, G-A-Y, in the search bar. His show notes page will pop right up with everything that we've been talking about today. All of the books that he mentioned, both his and his other recommendation, the resource, everything that we've been chatting about. And of course, go straight to Hendrix.com where you can get a lot more awesomeness about everything that Gay has going on. So, Gay, yeah, I do want to just say thank you for sharing your journey with Fire Nation today. For that, my friends, we salute you and we'll catch you on the flip side. Thanks a lot. Fire Nation, thank you for joining us on Entrepreneur on Fire. Visit eofire.com for links to everything we chatted about today, as well as killer resources, gifts, and so much more. Ready to rock your own webinar? Text webinar course to 33444. That's webinar course, all one word, no spaces, to 33444. And you'll be rocking our free 10 day webinar course like a champ. Have an inspired day and ignite.